4: Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
5: We welcome you in. It is a very special edition of Primetime Action, Thursday night from the South Point Sportsbook Studio in Las Vegas. I'm Ben Wilson with Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin behind the glass. Football is back
6: tonight, Matt. Football hey, is football adjacent. Adjacent. Yeah, footballish. There will be
5: players it's with NFL jerseys yes. wearing pads on a NFL standardized field. Footballish today. Footballish yes. in in about an hour. So we will have that to discuss.
6: Which you know, look, it, the, the the sports behind us is already packed. So you can just oh, tell. This you is, what can tell football is what it means. Here's what here's what it means. It means we are on the path to real and actual football, and that's all that really matters. Yeah, that's pretty much Right. That's pretty much This is like a scrimmage tonight, but, you know, we'll see. I mean,
5: walking into the casino here today, like the craps tables were six people deep
6: at every, you know. Oh, all right. Everybody, all the tables are packed. People are ready. Nothing yeah. brings the people together like yeah, football. I'm sure it's for this football game, or it might be for one of the 14 conventions that's probably going on here this <laughs> or,
3: week. Or the 14th bowling tournament of the summer <laughs> yeah. upstairs that uh, everybody <laughs> is piloting. I did just pass by about 40 people in line checking in to the hotel. So there's something going on here. Hey, man. There's always something going on. There's like a car show I saw. I okay, there.
5: maybe
6: that too. Raiders, right. Jaguars, plus a large bevy of baseball about this Yeah, day. we got a first pitch coming in a couple minutes. So if you want to play this Nationals-Phillies game, Paolo Espino versus Noah Syndergaard. So Noah Syndergaard making his first start for his new team. He is a minus 225 home favorite in this thing. Uh, if you want the Nationals and Espino, you can get plus 190 on them on the road as underdogs. A nine is the total. 710 Eastern, we've got Justin Verlander versus Zach Plesac, Astros and Guardians. Verlander and the Astros, minus 175 road favorites. So if you want Plesac and the Guardians at home, as underdogs, plus 150, first time. Uh, eight, eight, first time. Yeah, eight is your total. 710 Eastern Braves and the Mets. Kyle Wright versus Carlos Carrasco. Carrasco and the Mets, minus 120. Home favorites, Kyle Wright and the Braves are even money. Uh, road underdogs, eight is the total. I took the Braves in this one. I got plus 105 in this thing. All things created equal. I think the Braves are. At the very least, equal to this Mets squad, if not better than this Mets squad, and I think Kyle Wright is a better pitcher than Carlos Carrasco. I understand the Mets are at home, and you're going to get a little bit there, and that's why they are they are the favorite in this thing. But I went ahead and took a little piece of the, talked about the it last night. Here. One of the
5: more underrated pitchers in the game right now, Kyle Wright.
6: Yeah, and if you look at the lineups that came out as well, that was another one of the reasons. I just you know the way that. The way this Braves lineup should stack up tonight in this thing, I feel pretty good about Acuna, Swanson, Olson, Riley, Rosario is your top five right there. Diarno, Zuna, and then you have the the rookie in Harris, who's they put in this nine hole and he's just really thrived out of this this nine hole there for them. So really do really do like that one. So it took a, a small piece of them as an underdog. Seven ten Eastern, the Rays and the Tigers tonight. Jeffrey Springs versus Drew Hutchinson. This is the Rays as minus 180 road favorites, plus 155 on the Tigers as home underdogs. A flat 8 is your total there. A little bit later in the hour, we got the Blue Jays and the Twins. This is Alec Manoa versus Sonny Gray. The Jays and Manoa are minus 125 road favorites, plus 105 on Gray and the Twins as home underdogs. 8.5 is your total. 745 Eastern, Cubs and Cardinals. Game two of that doubleheader. Sean Newcomb for the Cubs. And Jose Quintana makes his debut for the Cardinals tonight. He finds himself as a minus 180 home favorite. If you want Newcomb and the Cubs, plus 155 road underdogs, eight and a half.
5: The total game two of that uh, doubleheader. Cardinals win and they are tied with the Milwaukee Brewers for first.
6: Eight oh five Eastern. We got the White Sox and the Rangers. Johnny Cueto for the White Sox and then Cole Reagans is a prospect making his debut for the Rangers. White Sox have now crept to minus one forty five. I got him at minus one thirty six um, as a favorite in this one. Rookie pitcher. I look at the li- I looked at the lineup as well for the White Sox and you have. Finally, a full lineup in there for this White Sox squad after an extended absence there for Luis Robert. He is back in the lineup tonight. He is only, He's only DH. He's not playing the field, but he is back in the lineup tonight for this White Sox team after being... Gone for about two weeks with some lightheadedness and different things that were going on with him, but he's back in there. So it's Anderson, Robert, Jimenez, Abreu, Vaughn, moncada Pollock. I really do like that lineup there against a a rookie lefty. I might add. So right, mm-hmm. right, 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 right down the line there for this. Uh, for this White Sox team. So went ahead and took a piece of them at minus 136 tonight. And then the final first pitch of the evening, 8-10 Eastern Red Sox and the Royals. Nick Pavetta, Chris Bubich, and Pavetta and the Red Sox minus 140 favorites on the road over Bubich and the Royals. Plus 120 if you want them as home underdogs and a flat 9 is the total.
5: Alright. One thing I'm considering is that is a first 5 under in Blue Jays Twins, I get that the lineups are very, very good, but Sonny Gray has been really solid the last, especially the you know, look the last uh, couple starts for him. He got lit up in that start against the White Sox. Back-to-back starts. Gave up 11 earned combined, Matt, and 8 and the eight third. Been really good since. Shut down Detroit on the road. Shut down San Diego on the road. And now gets a, and both of these lineups have been extremely Hot and cold at times, so you're, you're getting probably an extra half run than you normally would with two pretty elite starters in Manoa and Gray there. So that's one. I'm, I'm just trying to find a good number. Uh, see if we can get a see if we can get a four evenly juice there because we have seen those eight some eight and a halfs there uh, with some over juice creeping in on on those flat eights. So that that's the one I'm looking at uh, so far. i are just getting a call from my you know my my Southern betting consultant. Yes, trying to get in so on the Hall of yes, Fame game. That's, yes. That was what was um, happening so, yes. as we you know we still have we still have bets to be <laughs> made tonight.
6: Um, Two games in action right now: Reds and Marlins. Much of the same for Sandy Alcantara. He is holding the Reds scoreless through four and two thirds right now. Uh, it is one nothing in favor of the Marlins in that one. So he's not getting a bunch of run support. Top of the second, uh, Brewers up four nothing over the Pirates. So early I believe that.
5: Lead. I believe these are. The, going to say. these are the exact live scores. Is the same exact time from last yeah. night because uh, Sandy Alcantara pitched the. Nine inning shutout, and then the Brewers blew a four nothing lead last night.
6: Yeah, so, so. it's uh, oh.
5: <laughs> <laughs> the Brewers, and then the Brewers lost again today. Yeah. They blew sorry, another. The A's and Angels.
6: Sorry, A's go. and Angels, eight to six. Yeah, uh, that's A's, what you're trying to say. Yeah, eight to six. A's A's over the uh, Angels here in the eighth inning. Both teams with eight hits in this one. If you look at this Angels lineup, this was one of the. I was actually thinking about backing the woeful A's tonight because you you start to look and outside of Otani. Which he did, Homer, in this game, I might add. Um, you start to you start to look and you say, okay, it's Rengifo and Rojas and Joe Adele, who's failed three different times. Like it hasn't uh, worked any time. Who's, who's failed him. three different times and his trips up? You got Kurt Suzuki in there again on his about what. Fifth major league team or something like that. They're trying to make Moniak one of their uh, one of their prospects uh, work. He's he's been called up to play center field. He's hitting one eighteen for them. So I again, this this very well could end up still being their game here. But you, I thought about playing the A's in this just because I I, I don't know if there's a. Big difference, really, between this lineup and what the Angels are rolling
5: out. Right. Well, in the last two, Otani starts now. We saw Otani at home against the A's the other night. Was a 225 favorite. Loss. Yeah. Got one run of support. Previous start against Spencer Howard with a 7 ERA in the Rangers at home. 225 favorite. Lost. Got basically no run support either. So... It's one of those things. I think the market is now pretty accurate on the Angels in general, but mm-hmm. these Otani starts, you're seeing it it jacked up like 80 cents to a dollar, which I just don't understand. How like, how do you how can you possibly expect a guy to just win a game all by himself in, right. in Major League Baseball? It's just yeah, not I how mean, it the
6: works. Lineup, Yeah, the lineup is just absolutely pathetic. The Padres are losing 62 to the Rockies right now, and this is kind of a blow to our my whole handicap of like, "Oh, you know, you got these front frontline starters in, uh, in in Musgrove and in Darvish and Clevenger, Musgrove goes out there today, and it, it wasn't even that he was putting guys on base for free. He only walked one. He just was getting hit around the yard. He had, gave up eight hits and four and two-thirds, including six earned against this uh, pretty bad Rockies lineup. I mean, look, there are some players in there. There's not like it's, it's completely atrocious, but, I mean, this is, this is a lineup that you're certainly not afraid of by any stretch of the imagination, and then he goes and gets beat up at home in this one. Not what you would have expected for Musgrove. I mean, eight hits –
5: the, the six earned, and it was really a big one. Big inning there, where and it was like well not yeah not the guys you would necessarily expect like Ryan McMahon, right ninth homer of the year, Jose Iglesias who's put together a sneaky good year there in, in Colorado, twenty fifth double of the year, but. Yeah, there was a reason why San Diego has been a near three dollar favorite every single game of the series. They'd they'd held their end of the bargain throughout, but yes, today on maybe I don't know getaway day, uh, day game there in San Diego, things not going. Yeah, these well.
6: are always kind of kind of wonky. Juan Soto one for three, and that one did score a run. He tripled for the Padres. Tripled.
5: Yes. Meanwhile, as we were walking in, the the Giants had just lost to the Dodgers five three, and the local RSN regional sports network for San Francisco just had this bottom lineup. That just, uh, you know, just as the the sinking ship continues, I think that's exactly what it said. I might be wrong. But they lose again. Eight straight loss for the Giants to the Dodgers, all since the All-Star break. So the Giants continue to free fall three games now uh, below 500. And then the other big implications there in the standings, like we talked about, Cardinals win would mean a doubleheader sweep for them over the Cubs and would tie them with the similarly free-falling Brewers who've lost four straight, including a sweep at the hands of Pittsburgh. So uh, we'll, we'll keep Trabs on that one tonight. We do have a Hall of Fame game. Coming up, as for the latest lines here, we're seeing the Vegas Raiders two two and a half point favorites pretty much everywhere out there right now. Matt, they were this was a pick 'em yesterday. We've seen some movement to the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Not really sure why, because we already knew that Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne. The backup quarterback, C.J. Beathard, all not going to suit up. Josh McDaniels has not really said who or who will not play, but we can kind of read between the lines based on history in a game like this that is just a glorified scrimmage, essentially.
6: (laughs) Kelly, a a a two-and-a-half-point spread and a a 30-and-a-half-point total. (laughs) This would be teaser central.
3: I was just going to say it's the – if I had to make a bet on this, and I actually, I got, Matt, I got close just because of the numbers you just read, right? You take the Jags to eight and a half, you take this total up to 36 and a half and go under on that.
6: It seems too easy, uh, but yeah, I'm going to stay away, but yes. I the, also am going to stay away, but you just look at this and you go, boy, yes. this was a regular season game. It oh. would be unloading the tank. You
3: would unload on that <laughs> side, at least in
6: a teaser, that's for sure. It would
3: but also
5: yeah. be fun, though, just to say you, hey, you had a teaser leg where you teased a game down to 24-and-a-half. Like Just to say, <laughs> yeah, I, had a, I teased the game it's down true. to 24. I mean, just on principle. It's true. We're talking 24-and-a-half. Now, for what it's worth, the last two Hall of Fame games have gone under 30 and a half so that is what it is. Uh, Gary and Thorne, writer for DK Nation, joins us up next year on Primetime Action.
2: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: The VEASAN College Football Guide is out now. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of all 131 teams, including team trends, power ratings, and over/under recommendations, plus our best season win total bets, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions. The only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a VSEN All Access subscriber. Sign up early, and for a discount discounted $175, you'll receive the college and pro football betting guides, along with full VSEN access all the way through the Super Bowl. Or join us for $40 a month and see everything VSEN has to up your betting game. Go to vsen.com/slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the sports betting network. Uh, map around the Noah Syndergaard era. It's underway it's, in Philadelphia. Yeah, Already well. gives up a run. Luke Voice yes. sack fly, top of the yeah, first. Not great. I mean, we talked about this the other day. It's like, okay, sure, they added an arm and they've been aggressive, but, like, it's no Syndergaard. I mean, yeah. this is not
6: 2016, if we're being real. No, just, he used to overpower guys. He can't do it anymore. He throws he's like 94 now. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. He's like way down. It's not like down. Yeah, I was going to say, not right. just it's down. It's way down.
5: Way way, way down. Yes. Uh, And a bunch of the other games we just talked about are now underway. We'll uh, get some thoughts here on the trade deadline as well as the games still to come Uh, tonight as we welcome in Gary and Thorne for the first time to primetime action. uh, You find his work at DK Nation and the Mayo Media Network. So I'm presumably, uh, he's a friend of John Legazos who's been on the show uh, multiple times as well. Gary and great to have you on here. I want to start with a very interesting race. A couple of them that have really heated up, but one in particular, the NL Central, because we got a game tonight where you see, uh, you see Jose Quintana as a pitcher makes his car Cardinal debut, a win they tie the Brewers in the NL Central. First of that race as a whole here, how concerned would you be about Milwaukee with how flat they have looked since their very interesting trade deadline and contrasting that to how good St. Louis has looked here over the last couple of days?
7: Yeah, I mean, I think you could make a case uh, probably that both fan bases left the trade deadline a little bit underwhelmed. Um, I will say that the Cardinals sort of sneaking out that Jordan Montgomery deal at the last minute. Uh, and I, I still really can't make sense of that deal from a Yankee perspective. Um, that had to make them feel just a little bit better. Uh, I don't think Jose Quintana is going to be someone you really want to start in a playoff game or in a wild card series. But uh, for the Brewers, I, I do think you have to be a little nervous. Um, you know, the Cardinals coming into the All Star break had the easiest remaining strength of schedule of any team in baseball. They've got two legitimate. NL MVP candidates on their roster. Um, You know, this is a team that also just seemingly has an unlimited supply of AAA caliber, or excuse me, major league caliber AAA players to call up at any whim. So, you know, you'd be more terrified, I think, if they ended up being willing to part with Dylan Carlson and maybe had a guy named Juan Soto in their lineup. But just because of the strength of schedule remaining and the fact that the Cardinals just, you know, maybe have a much more potent bullpen at this point than the Brewers, considering the moves the Brewers made. uh, I think there's a lot of reason to be legitimately concerned for Milwaukee.
6: One of the games here in about about 25 minutes is the Blue Jays and the Twins. We find the the Jays as a slight favorite here with Alec Manoa on the hill going up against Sonny Gray. Total of about eight and a half in that one. Looking how good Manoa has been, Gray has been pretty good as of late. I understand both of these lineups are incredibly potent. Do you expect their runs
7: to be scored in this thing as we sit with an eight and a half total? It's an interesting spot. Uh, Manoa, the the numbers aren't jumping off the page by any means. Uh, You know, he's coming off his worst month of the year, and that month wasn't even that bad. But he still hasn't been in the best form as of late although he's someone who his left-handed versus right-handed splits are pretty dramatic and he's catching the twins at a pretty good time when it comes to the potency of their lineup with left-handed batters, obviously Max Kepler on the IL right now, they just put Alex Kirlov on the IL as well. So, you know, the twins are a better lineup than, you know, the Tigers team that just roughed up Manoa a little bit five days ago. Um, But that was a Tigers team that had seven left-handed bats in the lineup that night. So they were really exploiting the platoon advantages against Manoa in a way that I don't think necessarily the Twins can. And then you've got Sonny Gray, who has really been up and down so far this season. You know, was amazing in the month of April. Um, Hasn't been as sharp throughout the entirety of the season. So with a Jays offense that essentially leads the league in every single statistical category across the last two and a half months... I do think there's the potential here for a high scoring game. Um, You know, especially when you look at this Jays lineup, they get George Springer back tonight. Uh, Suddenly they got Whit Merrifield hitting eighth. And for as bad as Merrifield has been all season, he's also someone who's been heating up as of late. So between that and some underlying concerns with Alec Manoa, I mean, heck, he almost, there was some question as to whether or not he was going to go on the IL after taking a line drive off the elbow at his last start. So maybe he's just not 100% healthy. So I, I would actually be inclined to take the over here.
5: All right, Gary and Thorne. You can follow him at Gary and Thorne on Twitter, writer for DK nation and the Mayo media network. You talk about another uh, division race. It's, it's the AL central. We're going to see the white Sox come out in a little bit with Johnny Cueto on the mound where they are still. I mean, look, you, you go to the, he's are the favorite position now in the AL central. Um, I, I know you have a play on this specific game tonight. So I'll ask you about that first. And then as well, your take on this AL central race where Sox two games out still, nobody seems to have any love for the twins or the guardians who are, I think the guardians are still plus two seventy five right now, legitimately a, a game. Out here, the Twins,
7: yeah. The centrals, it's interesting. I would say at the all star break, I was very confident that the White Sox would eventually win the AL Central. Uh, you know, I mentioned the Cardinals had the easiest strength of schedule down the stretch of the season, the White Sox had the second easiest. Uh, lots of games against the Royals and the Tigers. Uh, I, I think they've got some like really easy games against the AL West as well. Like, it, it's just a very, very light schedule now. At the same time. That light schedule started right after the All-Star break, and they still really haven't taken full advantage of that schedule. Specifically, I remember a game against Colorado where you know Kendall Graveman blows a lead in the ninth. Like, this has been happening all season long with the White Sox. However, I think tonight, and even the bet that I do like from this game, White Sox over their team total of four and a half, sort of speaks to why, in the end, I think the White Sox will win out. And that is, they are finally healthy. Finally. When you look at this lineup that they are presenting tonight, aside from the fact it's being signed by Tony La that would be an issue for me. But this is a deep lineup. This is Luis Robert back in the two spot, followed by Eloy Jimenez. You know, you get down to the bottom of this order, Yasmani Grandal, A.J. Pollock. Like, this is a very, very deep lineup. And for the purposes of tonight specifically, going up against a guy, a left-handed pitcher, which is key, making his first career MLB start, even with all the White Sox issues throughout the entirety of 2022. They still have the best batting average in baseball against left-handed pitchers. They have a 120 WRC plus against left-handed pitchers. I just think this is an absolutely horrendous spot to be making your major league debut as a left-handed pitcher. So I think the White Sox score a lot of runs tonight. And I still do have faith in them to win the AL Central, even with the Twins probably having the best non San Diego Padres trade deadline in all of baseball.
6: Gary, speaking of the Padres, they of course Musgrove gets roughed up today a little bit, but the the thought was, okay, does this make them able to catch the Dodgers? Are they a real threat to the Dodgers in the NL? But I mean, are we discounting the Mets and the Braves in this conversation here? Maybe even the Cardinals? I mean, everyone just kind of – all the comparisons was instantly to the Dodgers, and nobody was talking about the Mets and the, and the Braves when it came to all these moves that the Padres made. And, you know, Ben and I have sitting here kind of looking at these pitching staffs that the Mets and the Braves are going to roll out. Pretty solid lineups, pretty much 1-9. to nine. And I think they're a much more formidable foe there in the NL than people are giving them credit for.
7: Oh, 100%. Look, I I think it's it's justifiable that a team makes a trade like that. And then even following it up with, you know, adding Brandon and Drury as well, like just a wealth of riches. Uh, A.J. Preller clearly trying to shove all the poker chips in, not just for this season, but next season as well. But the interesting dynamic of the 2022 MLB season is this new playoff format. And with the Dodgers 11 and a half games up on the Padres right now, maybe even 12 if they do lose this game this afternoon... I mean, you're you're playing for the number four seed in the National League. You're playing for a three-game wild card series. And the unfortunate thing about the National League is the four best teams in the National League are in two divisions. You're going to have to play the Mets or the Braves in a three-game wild card series, hopefully in San Diego. But like I know, the Mets are technically winning the East by right now by I think it's three and a half games coming into tonight. If if the Braves surpass the Mets and the Braves are playing like 650 percent. Baseball, winning percentage baseball across across the past two and a half months, you know, you're know you going into a series where maybe Jacob deGrom is starting game one and Max Scherzer is starting game two. Like I know you've got this nice new shiny lineup, but yeah, I'm not overly quick to rush to Padres futures at this point, especially considering mm-hmm. how high they've bumped up since the trade deadline.
5: And then, Gary, and real quick before we let you go, I know you have one more strikeout prop there tonight on our nightcap here, Nick Pavetta and the Sox against Bubich and the Royals.
7: Yeah, Pavetta really hasn't been living up to his uh, strikeout expectations as of late. Only gone over this number in one of his last seven starts. However, this is someone who had a 25% strikeout rate across his first 14 starts of the season. And the Royals, while they weren't a heavy strikeout team the first half of the season, I think that's going to change the second half of the season. Since the All-Star break, they have a 25.5% strikeout rate. That is the fifth highest mark in baseball and they've had 11 players take at least 20 plate appearances in that span of time. The two lowest strikeout rates of those 11 players, Whit Merrifield and Andrew Benintendi, who are no longer on the Royals. So <laughs> that's, I yep, just think there's a true. lot of strikeouts in this lineup. So I think Pavetta gets back on track tonight at Plus Money.
5: You read the Gary's work at DK Nation in the Mayo Media Network. Follow him at Gary and Thorne. Appreciate you joining us, man. Best of luck on the place tonight. No
7: problem, thanks
5: for having me, guys. Uh, Reese Hoskins just hit a ball a really, 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 and really long way in Philadelphia. And Pete Alonzo, yes. RBI base hit for the Mets. So 1-0 lead Metropolitans. It's 1-1 in Philadelphia between the Phils and the Nats. And we return some college football, our Big 12 preview, along with some top headlines. That's next on Primetime Action. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Lots still to come on the show today. We've got Daniel Lovari. She's going to make a return to primetime action because we thought we had all the WNBA talk last night, Matt. and We figured we need, you know, we need our expert, Danielle Lavar talking WNBA uh, some futures. She's our LA CityCast uh, host now, so she'll join us in about 15 minutes. Tim Murray on in a little over an hour as we have the college football betting guide. So Tim was all about the uh, the Mac-tion, so he's going to talk to us about that. The Mac
3: odds are crazy this year, by the way. Crazy. I, I mean, we love matching on primetime matching on Tuesday, Wednesday nights, but uh, we do. There's like five teams that are shorter than ten to one to win that conference. Like it is completely
6: up in the air this year. I'm looking forward to that. Mm. One of the things on the on the the baseball side of things we didn't mention, Ben, at the top, we were just as we were kind of running through here. This Braves Mets is the beginning of a five game series Whoa. between these teams where the Mets are up three and a half games in the division right now. So we could, in theory, leave this series with a new leader. In the NL East, so one thing to kind of keep a, an eye on in this one—a uh, doubleheader on Saturday between these two squads, which is why it's a five-game series with them. So it could be a a very very interesting changing of the guard here yeah. if uh, if Atlanta can go at it. That being said, of course the Mets are up one nothing early here. And one of the one of the uh, notes from earlier today as well, Clayton Kershaw had to leave that start today. For the Dodgers, and you and I were talking about this just, just two days ago where we were saying the problem with the Dodgers is, is, in theory, yes, that pitching staff looks pretty good in a short and truncated season if you had to go one, two, three. But, but we said, listen, Kershaw has not been the poster child for health no here question. lately. And here it is today that he has to leave this start. It says he's going to undergo testing on his back, further testing on his back, to see what's going on here. And, you know, they do have Dustin May coming back for them. He's made a, f- a few rehab starts, so he will be back in the rotation. So maybe he could kind of fill in and and be that number three if something is wrong with Kershaw there. But it just kind of further compounds what we were saying, that there there are question marks, at least, around the Dodger squad. Only
5: got to 22 starts last year, barely over, 100, over 120 innings. He's at 81 and a third right now through 14 starts, and you mentioned him having to leave early. It's like, the numbers are good when he's in, it's just how right. much can you count on that going forward? And it's why a lot of books, it's crazy to think, he wasn't even offered on the NL Cy Young list by a lot of books entering
6: the year, which and is think, crazy. And, and and I think he kind of knows it too, that at any given point it could be over. For, he just continues, he just keeps signing these one-year deals, like, yeah. over the last three years, like, it's the, I'm not and, and you know, good on him, because he could have probably bent the Dodgers over and made him sign him to a four-year deal or something sure. like that you know whatever and but um but he just keeps signing these one-year deals and I think it's cuz he probably knows with his body and how his body feels that at any given point this could be this could be it you know and so 34 now yeah so pretty with with again just a ton of a ton of injury history for him so you know I I'm I certainly don't wish injuries on anyone or anything like that, but that was one of the other reasons why I was a, at least a little bit tentative on, on that Dodgers squad. And, you know, of course, we'll, we'll have something to update you tomorrow on what these tests right. show for, for Clayton Kershaw. If you're a Dodgers fan out there, though, I uh, better hope that Dustin May is, is going to be good to go. You, you better hope yeah. that that
5: is the case. And you talk about Braves-Mets, who tonight, this is the, the first of these two teams. Just pulling it up to make sure I have this exactly right. Yes, yeah, so these, these two teams have 12 games still to go. Most teams are anywhere between 55 and 58 mm-hmm. games remaining. Braves and Mets play 12 times from now to the end of the year. Dodgers and Padres play 12 times from now to the end of the year. Those are probably the two big ones. And you could also <laughs> include Orioles and Blue Jays play 15 times between yeah. now and the end of the year. And those are two teams right in the thick of the wild card race.
6: If you're a Phillies backer, I am. I don't think they're going to make it back up there, but maybe into the playoffs. Uh, you got Syndergaard in there. They did tie it up for him in this one. But one, a little bit of news, uh, Gene Segura was activated off of the IL, so he is back in the lineup for them. He was actually having a pretty good season at the beginning of the year before he got hurt. Kind of a freak little went to bunt because no one right, knows how to bunt it. anymore. Yeah, and, got it, the <laughs> and got hit on the finger and broke his finger and but, they
5: straight up cut uh, DD Gregorius yes, as well. Yeah, yeah,
6: just got rid of got rid of Gregorius because Segura got activated, but getting him back in that lineup, he was running actually. He had he had stolen several bases in the short amount of time that he had played, hit for a little bit of power as well. So, uh a, a step in the right direction for this Philly squad for sure. And again, they just had him in the I saw they just had him in the, in the booth up there. I imagine he was talking about when he was going to come back with Bryce Harper. Again, his return is right. imminent at some point.
3: I made see. a baseball
6: yeah. bet, guys. Uh-oh.
3: Made a baseball bet. Uh, Baseball bet. What do we got? I followed Matt Brown and our guest. I'm on the White Sox. Let's go. Money. White Sox. Well, I mean, what I hear, Ben, is there's a rookie pitcher going, making his first start for the Rangers, and he's a lefty against a righty heavy lineup. And uh, apparently they're getting some guys back, so I'm all in. Minus 135. I mean, I got a much better number than Matt,
6: who just clearly doesn't
3: know what he's doing. A whole one cent. Yeah, a whole one cent. And let's go. White Sox. Baseball bet. I like, don't. baseball bet number six of the year for me, probably.
6: Yeah, I'm going to have to look at what's going on with Reagans here because he was a first-rounder, but he was a first-rounder back in 2016, and he's making his debut tonight. So I'm guessing there must be some sort of injury, something that went on there with him or whatever because – Maybe just
5: left he just likes that double-A
6: He did not pitch, at least in minor league baseball, from 2018 through 2020. So, yeah, it must, so, be, yeah, it must be some sort of injury is deal. That's even stranger then. Yeah, yeah. But Kelly, he was having a good year in in double AA, A, triple A, kind of like combined or whatever. But again, it's you're stepping in against major league hitters in a in a full powered for the first time in a long, long time White Sox lineup, and so yeah, it's it for me. It just was, the numbers seemed. Incredibly, too short. I, to that's kind
3: of, from your guys' breakdown. Yeah. That's why I'm like, why is it not minus one fifty at least?
6: because
5: again, it's the one the one caveat you have with all this is Tony Aluuza is signing the is signing the card. He probably has no mm. idea who this guy is. He might he might be like, <laughs> oh, what's the scouting report? Uh, you know what, guys, let's just go see ball hit ball. All right, let's just not even worry about the guy. So you know, could that still work? Sure, because they should have a pretty legitimate uh, advantage there. We'll see uh, if it actually does, in fact, do so.
6: Uh, as far as our College football. Previous, oh, he's yeah. two Tommy John surgeries for him. Oh, not one, but two. Well, I'll do it. Yeah, okay. I was figuring. I mean, three yes. full years off. Three yeah, full years two off. two Tommy John surgeries uh, for him.
5: Well, if you talk about Texas, the Rangers, <sighs> deep in the heart of Texas, we go to the Big 12, where uh, you, you've got a lot of, lot of interesting angles to look at on our V 2022 college football preview. The Big 12. Where Oklahoma is your betting favorite, but there's a lot of question marks because you have a new first-year head coach and Brent Venables has spent time in the past in Norman. He's back there now as a head coach. You bring in Dylan Gabriel as a transfer quarterback in from Central Florida after you lose your head coach, Lincoln Riley, and your starting quarterback, Caleb Williams. OU, they are a 2-1 to favorite. Texas under Steve Sarkisian, the second favorite, just shy of three to one. And then Oklahoma State and Baylor, your two finalists last year, Matt, at a plus 550, plus 650, respectively. Spencer Sanders is back as the Pokes quarterback there. And Blake Schampen is back as well for Baylor's starting quarterback. So there is some consistency at the top, along with these big-name programs going through some sorts of changes. And that's kind of why we see four teams, all with a puncher's chance to win this thing.
6: Yeah, I mean, that being said, Oklahoma despite the turnover there the talent for them is definitely exceeds what you have on all these other teams they're going to be favored in every game that they play i mean the the one game against against Texas i'm assuming that you know they don't flop at the beginning of the year or whatever like they're going to be they're going to be right. favored in every game that they play because that Texas game is a home game and so they don't, they're not even on the road for that one so it's going to be you know it's going to be Oklahoma yet again where we get to this point towards the end of the season, which we have multiple times with this Oklahoma team where they're going to have a very, very good record and people are going to be debating, do they deserve to actually be here or not? Right. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. because they play nobody. The conferences is, is is pretty down. And so everyone's going to say, yeah, they've got this, you know, stellar record, but, but right. Are they really better than insert team here, insert team here, insert team here. And that's kind of where we're, we're kind of going with, with all this. I mean, they return a lot of their defensive guys. Now, only about half of their offensive production comes back for them this year, but 82% of their defensive production comes back, so they didn't lose very much on the defensive side of the ball at all. And so on a... On a team like this in a in a conference like this where there's not a lot of power teams or anything like that, like getting back eighty-two percent of your defensive production is gonna go a really, really long way.
5: No no doubt. The the thing too, you look at their rival in Texas, and we showed you a second ago, Steve Mackinnon who does our uh, quarterback rating, rankings for point spread weekly. He has Quinn Ewers, his second best quarterback, behind only Gabriel Ewers, the Texas quarterback. Can you really expect, though, for Steve Sarkisian, you go five and seven last year in an obvious rebuild. Are you ready to just say, okay, Texas, who does make our top 10 list at DraftKings of uh, most handle and bets so far here for winning Mm -hmm. national championships at 50 to one. Are we ready to say that Texas is in that position to ascertain themselves into a top two position here in the conference?
6: Yeah, we're looking if we look over at our at our betting guide, all of our all of our experts do make predictions as to how things are going to go. We do have a couple of guys who did pick Texas, uh, I will say, as over Oklahoma to, to win the regular season there for them. And, of course, even in the championship game, few, those, those same guys pick Texas as well but there is no other team other than Oklahoma and Texas that was selected by any of our experts
5: interesting you guys are gone Tim Brando came on and said uh, Baylor's the best team in the league so there I mean there are some like there is it's Mm -hmm. sort of like you either think Oklahoma with the infrastructure they already have is going to just figure out a way to be at the top or you could see some shakeups. Texas Baylor Oklahoma State who knows it's going to be a really interesting conference this year in the Big 12 Daniel Avari on the WNBA joins us next
2: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Ice, cold beers, cold hard cash join the action on the pitch with a Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000. In total cash prizes, head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken beer made better, 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply to DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. That snap of a chair you could hear in the background was uh, Matt Brown. You could do that.
6: You definitely could. That, no, you couldn't. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could. I had my hairpiece in, and you didn't hear right, I heard anything. Uh, not for sure. It probably a Matt Brown reaction to Kyle. Right? Not looking. It was certainly not your, sharp. It was certainly not your. It, it was certainly not as loud as your. My blaring phone that was. I I didn't even know the volume could be turned up so loud <laughs> on a phone. Either. It's like is your. Are you like hard of hearing or something? I just. It's either
5: all all, all up my, or all the way down. That's just it's.
3: My uh, my laptop rang today when I got a phone call. It scared the crap out of me. Like they, I don't know they, the last time his, that happened. They heard his phone ringing
5: at the front yeah, desk I, over there at the I South scared, Point. I like, kind of scared myself. Yeah. yeah. Good lord. My point was Kyle Wright does not look sharp, and the Braves are down two nothing because Tyler Naquin hit a homer. So, yeah, gonna need a little help. Mets two, uh, Braves nothing. It is also over in uh, in Anaheim. Shohei Otani came up with the tying run on down eight seven, but is unable to do anything. So A's get the win, uh, eight to seven there. And uh, the Noah Syndergaard start still not going very well. Cesar Hernandez RBI base hit two one Nationals bottom of the second. So take that for whatever is worth. Not that we are shocked that Noah Syndergaard is struggling. Matt, yes, but, no, uh, not know, at all. It's, Breaking news, Noah Syndergaard, not, not exactly uh, great. And it looks like the Rockies will hang on here. 7-2 lead for Colorado on San Diego to the bottom of the ninth. All right, let's talk some WNBA. She's back on primetime action. Danielle Alvari, host of the LA CityCast, presented by Bett Rivers. Danielle, great to see you again. How are you doing?
4: I'm doing so good. Obviously, I'm getting sad because the end of the WNBA season is right around the corner.
5: That's what we were trying to figure out last night. Like, how many games are left? What are the odds actually looking like? And Kelly had the brilliant decision of, okay, how about we just bring in our expert to actually okay, you know, yeah. help us out here. So right. let, let's just start with the – so the there's, what, one game left – Tonight, it's the Las Vegas Aces, who are your co-favorites right now, to win it all in the WNBA. Against the uh, Dallas Wings, the, the numbers in front of me are lighting up. I'm seeing the Aces either 8.5 or 9, they've, but they've been uh, susceptible to blowing some big leads this year, which is odd, because they got off to a great start, and they're still solid, but they've leaked a little bit of oil. What do you, what do you make of the Aces so far at this point of the season?
4: Well, the number one question on everybody's mind with the aces right now is their depth. They have a starting five that's incredible and they're an offensive machine, but the defense can be lax sometimes, which I'm sure their new head coach, Becky Hammond, is prone to kind of pull them back on a little bit, get them back on track after those tough losses where it was definitely on the defensive side of things. But the aces just don't have the depth. If you take out their starting five, nobody on that bench can score, not a single soul. So that's where the aces are going to fall a little bit short now is. That starting five going to be enough to get them through playoffs and win a championship possibly and the problem is here a lot of people have money on the aces so i don't know how much more action they need there necessarily if you look at the sky they're right there alongside them and the sky are really the team to beat in my opinion, a little bit more than the aces. They have the kind of roster where everybody's contributing and you can even have Candace Parker or Courtney VanderSloot, their point guard out for a game. And they're still gonna be able to win and cover those games. They've already demonstrated their ability to do that. They've retained so much of their talent from their championship run last year. And last year around this time, there were something like 16 and 16 going into playoffs, barely made it in and ended up going for the run. So they retained all of that talent. The only talent they lost was diamond to shields to the Phoenix Mercury. So there's no reason they can't run it back Which would be kind of cool because that would be the first time that a team has repeated as champions since the LA Sparks in like 2000.
6: So Danielle, the season ends next Sunday, so we got a little over a week left. How min how it looks like it's very jumbled at the bottom. So this next Mm -hmm. week could really decide. I mean, what one, two, three, four, five, like six different teams' fate here.
4: Yeah. That's the situation pretty much right now. There's just this scrum of teams at the bottom here. The Sky and the Aces top it out at the top, obviously. The Sun in third. The Storm and the Mystic sitting comfortably in four and five. And then you have the Wings, who have 14 wins but play the Aces tonight. A game that I expect them to lose. They could be really competitive. This win means more to them probably than the Aces, even though the Aces are battling with the Sky for that top spot. So the Wings will be competitive tonight. It really just depends on how they shoot. It just is so hit or miss with the Wings. But they have 14 wins now. If they lose tonight, then they're back in the mix with the three teams that have 13 wins, the Dream, the Liberty, and the Mercury sitting at the 7, 8, and 9 spot, and only the top eight teams by winning percentage, and of course with tiebreakers factored in, are going to go into the playoffs this year. It's exciting because we don't have any single elimination games this year like we did last year. Mm. We're going to see at least three games a series, Uh, but right now, it's really tough at the bottom. Even the Spark and the Lynx are 12 win teams right now they hold the 10 and 11 spot so it's not completely out of the picture for them yet I think the Lynx are out of the picture if the wings win one more game and the rest of the wings schedule is very very winnable so I do think that the Lynx are pretty much out of contention which is why you're seeing them on the odds board at 100 to 1 even though I think that they do have the talent at times to actually make a run in playoffs they're just not going to make it in
6: the fever have pro players (laughs) they played with what did they play with pros this year or is that See? am I looking at 5 and 28 did they have pro players or was yeah. this like a J- JV is this like a <laughs> is it <this> like their <laughs> WNBA version of like the G league or something?
4: Essentially, because they had four number one or four first-round picks this year, so they're all Whoa. new young talent. So they fight in every game. They're a pain in the butt to bet against because they will battle in the fourth quarter against your second-stringers, and then all of a sudden the spread doesn't get covered. So they're seeing spreads that are like 17 and a half, 15, 10, and they're covering them because they will fight at the end. But they're just not a polished enough team at all. They're a really young team right now. But I like the future for the Fever.
5: Well they covered last night. They were down twenty eight. They were down twenty eight. And I (sighs) Daniel, you missed it. Kelly and Matt were getting really mad at me because I was like, Oh, this game's over. They're up twenty-eight. And they were it got to within four. In the
3: Thirty at court. the half, yeah. Daniel, we got yeah. those hundred to one dream tickets. Okay, we're we're still yeah. we're still living the dream right now. Okay, we're we're, we're trying to live that. Who right told now.
4: you to who? Where? What is going on? Who told you to make that bet? Matt Brown's raising his right hand. Right I now. did at
6: some point. Not, because, don't look at me, uh, Daniel. They Not had me. a winning record and they were a hundred
4: to one. <laughs> and, and
6: anytime you can get a hundred to one on a team <laughs> with a winning record, you take it. And so we took it. I also oh. have a very oh, horrible geez. Mercury ticket as well.
4: So oh jeez! I, I, I yes. remember advising you against the Mercury ticket, so that's on you. Yeah. The Dream—they're unfortunately are missing like four of their key players right now. So, are they coming back uh, in the next no, week? I don't. I don't think so. Oh. I don't think it's looking
5: good. Uh, I will say, Phoenix. I'm Phoenix is up on the Sun right. The Mercury up forty to yeah. thirty-eight on the Sun right now. Late first half is a thirteen-point dog. So Matt Brown, you're going to need that one. Really gonna need yeah. that if, if you feel if you if you feel like you have any chance. Of, so outside of those top two, and you mentioned Sky Aces, Sky, who by the way, I mean the whole reason they lead right now, they had a 28 point comeback against the Aces earlier this year in the first ever WNBA game I attended, Danielle. So I hold myself partially responsible. You were good luck. I, well, I mean, I, I, was, I was rooting for the Aces. I kind of wanted the home team to win. But outside of those two, who are right around that two to one range, plus 190 on each of them. Who do you give a legit chance to though? Coming out once we get into the playoffs, once we get past the you know these six teams fighting for the final three spots but who in that three to six tier has a legit shot to at least make a run here in the postseason
4: yeah, I don't even think you need to look deep to six. I think you're looking at the top five teams here. And it's interesting because I've had a bunch of guests on the show come on who covered WNBA and said, why is nobody talking about the Seattle Storm? They have Brianna Stewart. They have Sue Bird in her final season. So they could sneaky be, obviously, they've won this before. They've been there before. But no one's really even interested in them. I'm interested in the Mystics here. You're getting them at 8-1. to one. Not but two weeks ago, this was 15-1. to one. Before the season, I think it was around 30-1. to one. Big question mark on Elena Deladon, who's returning after not playing really five-on-five Basketball at all for almost two years since they won in 2019 so she came back she's done a lot of load management which sounds hilarious because the season's only 36 games it's moving to 40 next year though but she's finally going to be playing the rest of these games really and the team is just completely different when she's out there she's so dominant and really the mystics defense has become the number one defensive rating team here they're 12th in pace they slow everybody down they swept the aces this season they're the only team to do that elena deladon's been incredible at neutralizing asia wilson who's the biggest threat obviously for the aces so So I think the Mystics have what it takes. I took them at 15 to one. I still think of those top six teams, that's the best value on there is Mystics eight to one. You're not going to see something below that six spot win this. And the other one I would look at is the sky, but you're not really getting great value there.
6: Right. Plus 190 each. Danielle, I know you've looked through our, our college football betting guide. I know that you have seen all of our expert picks in which not a single one picked USC in the pac 12. How do you feel about this? You mean UCLA?
5: I don't
4: understand. UCLA. Okay, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put aside the UCLA bias for just a moment. I'm gonna take (laughs) off the hat. Don't we say when it's a first year coach and we have all these new pieces, no matter how good they are, that this is just you're asking a lot for them to get what ten wins to win the Pac-12 to win the championship? They're sitting at twenty to one in some spots. It's a first year head coach. I know that everybody's high on Lincoln Riley and they have all these shiny new toys at wide receiver and they have this new quarterback and, but I just don't get it. I don't get the hype on USC. So it seems like the rest of the, the staff who is not as biased as I am, obviously as a UCLA fan seems to agree.
6: Yeah. Plus 220. So they are the, they are the favorite at DraftKings. However, it should be Utah, however, it should be Utah. Okay. Utah plus 250. So slightly behind. Yeah. And that is who everybody, every single one of our experts picked. Utah. They're they're, yeah. they're in the pac twelve. Oh, so but you're that, telling me so, UCLA wow, wow.
4: Yes. is not the value pick on that board. Nine or ten to one?
6: They are not. Yes, yeah, nine at DraftKings. Washington at fourteen, who are, are our own Wes
4: Reynolds oh, likes. yes West
5: is a big yes. husky guy.
6: This Wes year. was high on them the other night.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Dorian Thompson Robinson though, Daniel. He he's back. Another year at Chip and Kelly. And Zach
4: Charbonnet, like a fine Chardonnay, gets better every year.
5: Okay. When uh, <laughs> when one total are we looking at for USC for sorry, UCLA.
4: UCLA. I'm going to go over eight and a half and pray and 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 just just look at the schedule and pray. Yeah.
5: Matt, see Matt screwed me up with the USC UCLA. Daniel. She does the,
6: no, but she does the Los Angeles city people, which is why I said USC.
5: I know. Good. good Danielle. Thanks. Good to see you. (laughs) Hey,